like I have a, you know, a base for, for podcasting. <laughs> yes. <for> the audio. <laughs> totally. Same. Yeah, that's why we do this, right? Yes, exactly. You ready to get this party started? I'm Aaron Selbig. And we are the Latchkey Kids. You did that on purpose. We have today a very special episode of the Latchkey Kids. You could always tell. Remember, remember on TV shows when you knew it was going to be a quote-unquote very special episode, like the episode of Punky Brewster where Punky got trapped inside the refrigerator, yeah, or the one, <laughs> the one where, <laughs> where Arnold somebody offered Arnold drugs on different strokes and Nancy Reagan came to the house. Well, this episode of the Latchkey Kids is much like the Nancy Reagan Different Strokes episode. It's very yeah. special. So similar in so many ways. <laughs> Normally on the show, we have two topics. Amy will bring something that she likes to discuss, and then I will bring some dumb boy toy or movie or whatever Yeah, like that I will bring to the da- table to discuss. But today, we have something that we both have thoughts on. Some good. Some not so good. And that is... Shame, right. Right. And uh, yeah, and actually, this is one episode you don't necessarily have to be a latchkey kid from the 80s to appreciate it, uh, because this guy, his legacy still lives on. All right. We that's a lot of lead up to the fact that we are talking about the king of pop today. We are going to talk about Michael Jackson. So buckle up, people. Get ready. Get ready. And before we even begin, I would like—I think we should acknowledge right away. Yeah, we know this is yet another topic that we're covering on the show that is problematic. We get it. We are going. Yep. <laughs> For good reason. We are going to get to that at the end of this, but we're, but we're going to start. And and the reason we really want to focus on this, and and you know what, we could ignore stuff like this. You know, we could just say, you know what, this is a just a too murky of a thing to talk about. We could just skip it. But you know what, I don't think you can skip it if you're going to talk about what it was like culturally to grow up in the 1980s. You can't skip the Thriller album. You just can't. You know, that's such a huge chunk of the whole zeitgeist of the cultural 1980s, not just in America, throughout the world. You got to talk about it. The impact to this very day. I mean, it's it's huge. So, you know, we had talked about recently, Aaron, you and I, you know, we haven't talked about any music yet in this here podcast. And so there was only one place we could possibly start the discussion of music. And, of course, that's with MJ. Yeah. Absolutely. So, 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 so Aaron, yes. let's just start with, let's just 
song and you're hmm. like, it jumps to your mind as far as like, oh, that is the jam right there. Well, I mean, I think for a lot of people, like Billie Jean is, is probably the obvious answer. And that was the best video. But my personal favorite song. I don't even remember the line. <laughs> my favorite song from Thriller, though, was Beat It. And it was because I loved the guitar solo, which was by anyone, anyone, Bueller, anyone. Mr. Eddie Van Halen, who later said that he was paid, he was paid for doing that iconic guitar solo, not in money, but in, quote, two six packs of beer. So there's a fun fact. Yes. <laughs> well, he was he was kind of an alcoholic, so he probably was OK with it. Uh, but he did the guitar solo, which I loved. And and that was, you know, that was my kind of music at the time still is was like, you know, a rock, hard rock and heavy metal. And and uh, Michael Jackson was kind of outside of my comfort zone musically. But he just at that time, he appealed to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With the snapping. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, in retrospect, perhaps a bit hypocritical, but... <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work out. <laughs> Yeah, let's take it back. Okay. Let's take it back. That family history, you know, so we've got, you know, the Jackson family, of course, Gary, Indiana. Oh, boy. Little Michael had so, so many siblings. So he was the little one, but he had, you know, three sisters and five brothers. And, you know, of course, we know a lot about, especially his dad, Joe. Yeah. He was actually a boxer. Oh. Steel worker. I didn't know he was a boxer. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So maybe that's where that comes from. Maybe that's where that comes from. Don't yeah. box your kids. No. Boxing should be in a uh, formal uh, fashion with other adults who are right. to the whole operation. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Dad, Joe, Mother, Catherine, she was a devout Jehovah's Witness and worked in a department store. So they had this whole you know, bunch of kids, eight kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think that Joe was uh, into music. He was a guitarist himself at some point, but, you know, had to kind of make ends meet. But, you know, got the kids going with music early on. 
And, you know, so he, he became like their, you know, their manager. So it started as the Jackson mm-hmm. Brothers. Hmm. So that was the original band, 1965. I know you, I know you got Tito, Jermaine. You got uh, Marlon, Marlon. So that's one, two, three, four. There's who's the fifth? Who's the fifth brother? Jackie, brother Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Jackie Jackson. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Oh yeah. A B C, it's easy as one two three. Come on, come on, baby, let me show you what it's all about. Okay, there's gonna be a lot of singing in here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Motown stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I'd heard stories uh, and I've read about this and Michael Jackson talked about it in his autobiography. Joe Jackson, you know, there's a lot of these like father figures. The Beach Boys kind of started off this way. Their father also was their manager and was just kind of a a taskmaster. Joe Jackson pushed the band hard. They had these very long, intense practices. And like you said before, he was physically abusive with them. But on the other hand, I mean, you can't argue he was an effective manager. He he started off booking them in clubs in Chicago. And then next thing you know, he's negotiating deals with Motown. And then they ended up the Jackson 5 on Epic Records. They had, and, and I remember this because this, when, when Michael Jackson achieved his solo superstardom in the 80s, they revived this cartoon, but they had their own cartoon. Do you remember this? It, it was called The Jackson 5. It only aired for a couple of years in the early 70s, but then they brought it back. And that's how I remember. Uh, that's, I think, my first musical memory is ABC, and I believe I saw it on that cartoon. That's my, my first introduction uh, to, to Michael Jackson, I, I think, if I remember right. But then, of course, Michael just kind of took it to a stratospheric level um, in 1983 with the album Thriller, which sold 65 million copies and I believe to this day is the best-selling album of all time, I think. Yes. Still to this day, it has been almost 40 years and this nothing has topped this album since then. Of course, people don't really buy albums anymore, but <laughs> that might be part of it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was huge. There's no way of even, like, I wouldn't even know how to begin to explain to anyone who was not alive during that time. I mean, here we are, like, you know, the older people going, let me tell you about when mm-hmm. we can't even explain what a phenomenon that was. And it was like, I mean, it wasn't just the music, and there was something so unique about his style of singing and his voice, but it was more than that. It was the dancing. It was it was just like nothing we'd ever seen or heard, and it just blew everybody's mind. And like you mm-hmm. said, it didn't matter 
if you were into pop music or you know R and B, Motown, any of that background, like none of that mattered. Didn't matter what kind of music you were into. You were into Michael Jackson. Yeah, everybody was. Like you said, our, it was on the radio constantly. Uh, MTV had just gotten started, and it and Michael Jackson do- completely dominated MTV uh, for years. Um, well, he, he was the first black artist um, on MTV with a song on MTV, and that was Billie Jean. That yeah. That I con- that video that still if you go back and find that now I mean that's still that's a banger still to this day, Ooh, you know. One I love is, uh, Smith yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. So my my story my personal recollection Amy when Thriller came out I was 12 years old it was the summertime, and this is this is a little bit of a sad personal story I don't know if you remember this but I had this sad I had the world's saddest birthday party. When I was, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I I think the real problem was that, well, anyway, it, the problem was I wasn't very popular. Anyway, so I had this. It was the summertime. My birthday is in August. Uh, Thriller had just come out that summer, and I had a birthday party. I invited some people to my birthday party, and well, only one person showed up. <laughs> And it was Mark Konars. Mark, if you are listening right now, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Because if, if you hadn't shown up, this would have been really sad. Well, here's what my recollection. My, my recollection of this story, this same story of your childhood trauma of having no one show up to your birthday party is that Yes. Uh-huh. Is that you forgot to pass out the invitations that they were still in your backpack. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's probably that probably is what happened. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. Like, well, Mark got one anyway. I no, Mark and I hung out every day. So him, me, and Mark and Steve Wesby and Steve, where were you, man? If you're listening, I mean. Honestly, I lost touch with Mark over the years. I, I'm still friends with Steve Wesby, but like, dude, where were you on my 12th birthday? Come on, Steve, you got some explaining to do. Anyway, um, so Mark shows up and, and I was, you know, I was kind of I was sad. It was a little bit, you know, it was I don't you know, I was feeling kind of unloved. But I got for my birthday a silver General Electric boombox, my first one, that had a cassette player in it, and I got a fresh, hot-off-the-presses cassette tape of Thriller by Michael Jackson. And so Mark at Konars and I were meant to eat cake and ice cream and play in the pool and have a whole birthday extravaganza. What we did instead was sit in my room and listen to Thriller over and over and over again. All day long. That's all we yes. did. Yes. yes. So it, it ended up going from the worst birthday party ever to not bad at all. Kind of awesome, actually. Yeah. Oh, man. I wish. Everybody was on board, and I can oh, yeah. remember 
you know, for the first time on the, the what was the award show or something there? It, it was, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that was, I remember that, too. It was, uh, I had to go back and look at what the show was. It tur- It was a Motown like a retrospective show. It was called Motown 25, Yesterday, Today, Forever. The Jackson 5 performed on it. And then Michael did, um, he performed Billie Jean. Uh, This was also in 1983. It was so huge. Mom and dad watched that show with me. I don't remember if you saw it too. You you may have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yes. It's like an optical illusion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did figure it out. I can. I am. I'm pretty proud. I learned how to because, you know, this also coincided, as we talked about in a previous episode, my breakdancing phase. (laughs) This was around the same time. It was around the same time. And so the moonwalk. Yes. Right. And so the moonwalk kind of was incorporated into my dance routine. And I learned how to do the moonwalk. And I actually it's actually to tell you the truth. It's not that hard. You can look it up on YouTube and I guarantee you, you can probably figure it out in 10 or 15 minutes. Um, It's not that hard to do. And it was a lot of fun. So I was moonwalking all over school. I was moonwalking out to get the mail. I was moonwalking everywhere. The hats, the glove, the glitter glove, the high water pants, mm-hmm. the patent leather shoes, yeah, all of that. He was, he's, I mean, and he just is. I mean, maybe still the greatest dancer I've ever seen in my life. You know, I mean, he he was so talented at at everything else, you know, great singer. And he wrote most of those songs. You know, he he really was a a creative genius. But I mean, the dancing was otherworldly. And he was doing stuff that I mean, he was obviously borrowing from James Brown and a lot of other people. But he was doing stuff that nobody had ever seen before, you know. It was it was amazing. Of course. Absolutely. And and you know it seems like I, I think for me and, and probably for you as well, that point, 1983, where Thriller was just blown everybody's mind. He's on TV doing the moonwalk. He's just a, a global 
sensation. And, and of course, his, his, his career continued for decades, but that was kind of a high watermark in some ways, you know? Um, it was after that, like some weird stuff <laughs> started to happen. Like the thing, do you remember him getting burned while doing an ad for, yeah, the Pepsi thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. He he wrote about yeah. He wrote about that in his autobiography. His autobiography is called Moonwalk, and he's was pretty open about a lot of that stuff. I remember in elementary school there were rumors about that he had died. Actually, I heard that from that the Pepsi thing, Uh, and then later in his book he admitted that he was addicted to painkillers following that incident, which ended up he ended up going to rehab in the 90s, and I think it's fair to say that that addiction eventually led to his death. Um, And then there was all the stuff about he, you know, rumors that he bleached his face, you know, uh, he did had a lot of work done to his nose, which he did. He he talks about that in his book. He had multiple plastic surgeries. He added a dimple to his cheek. He had surgeries on his nose that did not go very well. and yeah, um, he also uh, had a, a vitiligo, a skin disease uh, that affects your. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. I. Yes. Yeah. I. Oh yeah. No longer looked like any kind of a normal human being and 
you know, but that obviously was kind of a progression over time. But I mean, the nose in particular, like, wow. Yeah. It was bad, bad, bad. So all those plastic yeah. surgeons, they got some explaining to do as well, you know, to have even continued to operate on him at a certain point. But, ugh. But there was also a lot of other kind of just bizarre things over the years and just kind of like, you yeah. know, like he'd have weird pets and he had a monkey and then there was when he dangled the baby off the balcony. Yes. And, he know, married Priscilla Presley. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Yeah, that was for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So all of that, there was kind of this downhill trajectory, I think, of his life over many years. But, you know, we also had so much love for him and so many great memories of his music in the 80s and beyond, you know. And and so then, you know, shortly before his death, he was launching this big comeback. He was going to be yeah. doing, I think, 50 shows or something in, in London. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the big this is it, you know, kind of um, extravaganza and, you know, a big hyped up thing. But, but you could also see, you know, like I remember when he did sort of a little press conference for it, he did not seem well. He was super, super frail looking. Yeah. And like he just was not with it. And it's like, mm-hmm. how is this going to happen? But yet we were all so hopeful and excited, like, okay, you know, let's, let's, Let's hope we can get this together and, and have this big comeback. And that was not meant to be. No. And I no. Re- do you remember where you were when you heard that Michael Jackson died? I remember exactly where. Oh, I was living in Alaska. I don't recall the exact moment. Yeah. So, so June twenty fifth, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. I was driving uh, back home. I had the kids in the car. We had gone to the Six Flags amusement park. You know, so then it's summer. Mm. So it was like a summer day, and we were coming home. And somebody else had died. Was it uh, Sarah Fawcett died that same day? Oh, really? Uh, oh. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. And hmm. Uh, so I think I heard that, and then, you know, we're listening to the radio, and on comes Michael Jackson has died. And it was just like, I mean, I was just, you know, you you can't be shocked because you saw all the, you know, issues. But, yeah. Oh, I mean, it just felt like such a personal, painful loss. And yet I mm-hmm. also felt really torn because I yeah. knew of all these terrible allegations, you know, against Right. Him. We should we should get into that. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get into that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but, but his death was that, you know, you mentioned the painkillers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, the doctor who, you know, was, was um, shooting him up with whatever it was to help him sleep. Yeah, you know, Do- Dr. Conrad Murray is the guy's name. He yeah, he was charged and, and yeah. convicted of involuntary manslaughter in the death of Michael Jackson for prescribing, not even prescribing, just giving him uh, benz- benzodiazepine. benzodiazepine. Oh, thank you. Propofol, which basically, yeah, it's like a disassociative drug. Yeah. 
Um, and and he was, and it led to him uh, his death. It led to cardiac arrest, and he died. And and they convicted this guy. He did four years in prison, or he was sentenced to four years in prison for that. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's kind of a classic example of uh, you know the the super you know rich and famous who find themselves surrounded by people who are yes kind of like hangers on and right. want to be a part of that and whatever. And I'm not even sure if this dude was a real doctor, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Right. Well, let's let's get to the the problematic uh, part of this, and this goes back. I remember hearing about this, oh, well, long before his death. I mean, back in the 90s, I think, uh, that started to come out that there were people that were accusing Michael Jackson of uh, child sexual abuse. Um, There was a 13-year-old boy, Jody Chandler, who accused Jackson of molesting him repeatedly over several months. He said that Michael Jackson bathed with him, gave him presents, and shared a bed with him. And eventually, uh, Michael Jackson paid his family $25 million to settle a civil suit. And I, I guess that was the last you heard about it for a while until I think there was another case in like the early 2000s. And that was the one where they ended up raiding. The cops went in and raided Neverland Ranch. Um, I don't know. I, uh, w- I don't remember what exactly happened with that one. I think that he wasn't convicted of anything. There was also, I believe, another civil suit where there was a payout. And then the documentary Leaving Neverland came out a couple of years ago. Have you seen Leaving Neverland? I have, and for our listeners, if you have not, you absolutely should. It's yeah. phenomenal and absolutely beyond disturbing. And the yes. Victims, you know, the, the alleged victims, but these, these two young men. Well, I believe them. Stories. I'll just tell you, I, I believe them. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very similar stories. Yeah, similar mm-hmm. stories in different time periods, but same kind of behavior, but they describe in uh, such detail. Excruciating and, detail. Yeah, so it's really, really hor- horrifying to, you know, to, yeah. to watch it. But, you know, I mean, I just have such, you know, James Safechuck and Wade Robeson are their names. They're two different but very similar stories. I personally, I mean, you know, I know there's controversy about this, and maybe there's people listening to this that don't believe any of this, and you know what, you're free to believe or what you want. But me, I'm just going to say, me personally, if you haven't seen this this movie, Leaving Neverland, you should. I personally came away with it uh, with zero doubt that Michael Jackson was a serial child abuser. He used his position of fame and power to gain access to young boys, and he groomed his victims, and um, there's no doubt in my mind. And it definitely affects the way that I look back on the legacy of Michael Jackson. I loved him, and I, I, you don't hear his music on the radio very much. And when you do, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I do hear his music, this is the first thing I think of. And it, yeah, it's, it has ruined it for me. Personally, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's so it's such a struggle. I really yeah. struggle with this because I absolutely 
feel in a total condemnation of the man and would say he, you know, was a, you know, a bad, you know, bad, bad, bad guy. Yeah. Ultimately, and we also, you know, know that you know he was a victim of abuse who seemed to have been perpetuated by. You know, That's true. Yeah. And this gets into the whole argument about, you know, can you love the art and hate the artist? You know, um, I don't know, because <laughs> the, the art in this particular case is so such a I, you can't ignore it. It was such a big part of our lives. You know, like we 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 don't this is a lighthearted and fun podcast. At least that's where shooting what we're shooting for here with the Latchkey Kids. But we he was such a big deal. We feel like we have to talk about this, even given how uncomfortable it is. You know, that's how big he was back then. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. unavoidable. You can't, you can't ignore the, you know, the impact of Michael Jackson on our lives. And, yeah. You know, all the, I mean, all the memories that you associate with his music and your own life and your childhood and everything else. And mm-hmm. I, still lo- I, mean, I still love his music. I mean, if, I, if one of his songs comes on, I still absolutely love it. And I have to just try to separate, you know, the music from, from the man. Uh, yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh on that note, <laughs> on that now I'm going to go watch the Dukes of Hazard now and uh can we talk about Bill Cosby next week? Maybe we should just get all of this over with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Uh but yeah, uh <laughs> Michael Jackson, there it is. That's a nice, that's a nice recap. And if he did nothing else, he did. He and Mark Konars saved my twelfth birthday from being just an absolute, absolute disaster. So I guess thanks for that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Amy. This has been fun. It's been something. It's been mostly fun. And All right. We are the Latchkey Kids, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.